if you uh, were not able to be with us last week, um, I was explaining that for uh, this period of time, really, it will be an overarching theme um, from now, really, through uh, past Easter, is about wisdom, about wisdom. This, the, in a sense, what, how do you get skill in living? Um, it's not really about, wisdom is not really about what you believe as much as how do you practice it? How do you, how do you live it out? And um, we're going to do that in a number of different ways. We're going to do it, um, we're, we're beginning in January by looking at the wisdom um, in prayer. We're going to look at Proverbs. We're going to look at <clears throat> the wisdom of the cross. And then we're going to look at some of the, the, the difficult topics, actually, that we face as Christians. How do we make sense of those? So today, what I want to do is, last, yes, last week, what I was doing was speaking about Psalm 1, this introduction to prayer. And uh, we looked at wisdom, the wisdom, how do you gain wisdom as an individual? And we said two things, really, I suppose. One is ask, and secondly, get into Scripture, actually read it. And um, there's no easy way around that, to be honest. It's kind of like if you're the people of the book, you're the people whose life is built around this book, then it's probably a good idea to know what's in it. And not just your favorite stories, but actually know how to engage with that. And if you might have seen on the Facebook page or on the church website, we put some resources up there that would help you that might actually help you read through the Bible in a year, for example, or people who would help you understand what's going on there. And for some of you, you're kind of reading people, and for others of you, you're visual learners, and there's films that would help you as well do that. However you do it, do it. But it's not just about wisdom as an individual. It's wisdom as um, a people in the midst of a wider society. And Psalm 2 is not a prayer, but it's an introduction to prayer for how do you pray on a bigger, on a bigger canvas. So if you've got a Bible and you can turn to it, <clears throat> can you, um, I'm going to read it twice this morning, but let's read it for the first time here. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let's break their chains, let's throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I've installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. <clears throat> I'll proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you're my son, Today, I've become your father. Ask me, and I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You'll break them with a rod of iron. You'll dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son, or he will be angry. And you and your ways will be destroyed, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. 
Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Christians have long had um, a practice of taking bits of the Bible and saying, I really like that bit, and then making a fridge magnet out of them. And out of that psalm, I suspect the only bit that would really end up on your fridge is that last part, blessed are all who take refuge in him. Because the rest of it sounds quite, what do we do with that? It sounds hard. It sounds raw. Well, if you're going to read the Psalms, this prayer book of the Bible, what the prayer book will not let you do is imagine that God's just soft and cuddly. And nor will it make you believe that life is simple. What the Psalms do time and time and time again is enable you to come to terms with there are people in the world who do not want God's best, who do not want to serve him, who do not want to care for his people or other people, who actually left to their own devices would only be about themselves. Now that's not news to you, but the Psalms tell you that time and time and time again. And the other thing the Psalms allow you to believe is God's not happy with that. And neither are you, truth be known. You know when that um, MP, Anna Subri, was being chanted about being a Nazi while she was in an interview with Sky? Whatever you think about her policies, it really doesn't matter. Do any of us think that's okay? Do any of us want to live in a society like that? Do any of us want to say to our kids, yeah, that's fine? No, we go, no, that is not, that is not the society we want. And actually, we would want to say, as Christians, that's not God's good creation. And one of the things that outraged people this week was at the time, the police didn't seem to do anything. And most of us want to say, hang on a minute. Do something. Stop it. And then eventually they did. They've arrested um, one of the guys that was involved with that. In other words, deep in us, there's this sense of there's a rightness about the way the world should be. And sometimes, even in small, relatively small ways, we see it and we're outraged by it. Now, this is my question. What do you think God thinks about it? So when you read a psalm like this and you hear... The psalmist saying, God, essentially, get them. I mean, that's a very, 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 very rough paraphrase. But when you see, say, see a psalm and say, oh, God, get them. On the one hand, you go, oh, I'm not sure. But on another hand, deep down, you go, actually, do you know what, God? Can you sort this? And you enter into this world of prayer that is not all soft and lovey-dovey, but that actually wrestles with the world as it is. It's a preparation to pray. And prayer is where you come and you can face life head on, going, things are not right round here. And I don't believe, God, you're happy about that. And certainly we aren't. Now, if there was ever a week in which we would want to 
preach around a psalm that to do with those in authority and the decisions they have to make, this week seems to be a really good week. There's uncertainty. Who knows what's going to happen by Thursday? I don't think actually anybody knows. Who knows where Chris will be wheeled off to next as our roving reporter for Radio 5 Live? <laughs> well, Sandman. What's going to happen? Nobody knows. What we do know is this week our country is facing uncertainty, division, the fear of the future. Yesterday morning I was... Uh, Traveling down uh, to do a day somewhere else and had a lot of time to listen to the news. And they were talking about rationing tomatoes. Stock up, folks. You heard it, heard it here first. Um, the fear of the future. I, I think it's bigger than tomatoes, but. And a lack of a clear plan. That's the situation that we have. And if it were only sort of our sort of politics, parochial politics, you might think, well, we'll get through somehow. But then if you look across the water at a government that's a stalemate because of an approach to what do you do about a wall or a fence? Or if you read elsewhere about the rise of popular nationalism in Europe... And the idea that these strong characters are coming to say, we'll save you, but the, the nervousness of that in countries around the world. And maybe for some of you, it's kind of like, yeah, I read about this and I see it on television, but actually the thing I'm really struggling with are, are the, my workplace, the bosses, the people who use power ruthlessly. The toxic place that we work in. So what do we do? Well, in our society, we vote. We have a vote. And when the opportunity comes, we use it. We lobby. And we try and influence things. But ultimately, what we do as Christians is we pray. And it's not like the least we can do. It's actually we believe it's the most we can do. Caroline Spellman this week, who's an MP, a uh, Tory MP, as it happens, but for East Birmingham, uh, Merid Meriden. I didn't actually know if you'd... I didn't know where that was, so I assumed you wouldn't know either. So it's East Birmingham. You can tell me... Pardon? Centre of England. Yeah, anyway. I wish I hadn't put it up now. Um, but what, this is what she said. I would urge people, please pray. Our nation is at a critical moment in our history, perhaps the most critical point in the past 40 years. The human cost to leaving without a deal is too great. We need to pray for the nation to make the right decision, which I think you can imply she knows what the right decision should be. But it's kind of interesting when MPs begin to go in public and say, will you please pray? Will you please pray? Because this is too big a deal. So Christian faith is not where you go, well, it's not for us to get involved. It's not, well, we'll just get by, me and Jesus, in the meantime. 
storing up our tomatoes. <laughs> it's no, actually, this is a time where the church is called to rise and say, actually, we, we have a perspective here that means we have a responsibility. Karl Barth, one of the greatest uh, theologians of the 20th century, said he wrote loads, he wrote more than, you'll, uh, I, than, than I can read, but he wrote this at one point, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. It's a brilliant quote about what prayer is. It's an uprising against the disorder. Prayer is not just blessing the status quo. Prayer is actually rising up and going, God, out of disorder, out of chaos, can you bring order? The spirit who over the beginning of the universe where there was only disorder, brooded over the water and out of chaos came order. God, can you bring order out of this chaos? The New Testament's full of it. The New Testament full of early Christians who were not in power. Far from it. They were slaves, most of those early Christians. They didn't have power. But loads of times in the epistles, what Paul writes to them and says, will you pray for those in authority? And it's just two things when you pray for those in authority. When you pray when they're not with you and you pray for those in authority, what you do is you remind yourself they're not in control. And when you pray for those in authority and they are with you, you remind them they're not in control. It is the most subversive thing you do. When you pray for those in authority, you are saying, we don't trust you as a government to have enough wisdom to do this on your own. We don't trust that you as parliament have enough nows between you to sort this out. We think you need God. And some of them, Spellman and the rest, go, we know we need God. So back to the psalm, written, I don't know, 3,000 years ago. Now, let's read the psalm again. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let's break off their chains. Let's throw off their shackles. What the psalmist got in mind there is this idea that leaders actually are just always tempted to think they're in control. The people who have power are always tempted to think they're the ones who can make things happen. Without reference to God. And the psalmist says, do you know what God does? The Lord enthroned in heaven laughs. It's like that old saying that you'll have heard many times. If you want to know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. It's kind of like that idea of what does God do? And the psalmist at this point, very rare this is said in scripture. But at this point, the psalmist has this brilliant idea. What's God do when people go, I'll live without you? God laughs. As you would laugh at a two-year-old who would say, I'll get tea tonight. I don't need you. The Lord laughs. The Lord scoffs and then rebukes him in his anger and he terrifies him in his wrath saying, 
And this is the bit that's a bit difficult to understand, perhaps. I've installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I, the psalmist, the, whoops, the prayer, <laughs> bit of a wobble there, <laughs> said to me, you're my son. Today I've become your father. Ask me. And I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You'll break them with a rod of iron. You'll dash them to pieces like property. Who is this me? Well, this me, he said to me, who's me? Me, we think, is probably a king. And this is probably a coronation psalm. It seems to make sense. Therefore, you kings... Be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he'll be angry and your way will lead to destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. What does God do? He does three things. Firstly, he laughs. The rulers think they have all the power, all the answers. They can rule without God and God laughs. Secondly, what does God do? He installs a king. Now, what you've got to remember is when we read scripture and when we read the Psalms particularly, and you'll read a lot in the Psalms about the king, that it makes it sound like Israel was the big empire organizing everybody. It wasn't. It was the smallest. If you were the king of Egypt, you didn't care who was the king of Israel. If you were the king of Assyria, you wouldn't even know that they'd changed king. Or Babylon, tiny. But internally they went, no. Because God has called us to be a people for the sake of the world. And he's made, he's installed a king on Zion, my holy mountain. And if you want to know how big the holy mountain was, it was two and a half thousand feet, which is less than the uh, tallest mountains in the Lake District, for example. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a large hill. In other words, they looked at it and they went, you know, you can look at us and go, we're small. You can look at us and go, we're not powerful. You can look at us and go, even your mountains aren't very big. But you know what? God's doing something here. It's not about who has all the power. It's actually who believes that God can do what others can't. And the third thing the psalmist says is God offers peace terms. Kiss the son. Make peace with God. (laughs) I really hope that was the baby and not you, Anne. (laughs) Do you know? That child. that. That came from her boots, didn't it? That really did. Kiss the sun. Make peace with God. Last thing I want to say. This story, this psalm, reflects the basic story that runs all the way through the Bible. Is It's not about the strong. It's about the one who trusts in God. Most of the story of the church has been the powerless making the biggest difference, not the most powerful making the difference. When the New Testament Christians 
began to think about Jesus, when they tried to make sense of who Jesus was, this psalm wouldn't go away. There were two psalms that are repeated in the New Testament over and over and over again. The psalms that get woven into, let's tell you about Jesus. There's two of them. This is one of them, and Psalm 110 is the other one. And it kind of like this psalm wouldn't go away. They kept in their mind, they kept coming back to it because they saw Jesus his baptism with like a dove and a voice coming you're my son this is my son and when he was transfigured on that mountain on the mountain the same mountain it they heard a voice going this is my son and it's kind of like every time that happened in their minds they kept going back to psalm 2 going This is that, that hope that we had that a king would come, it's him. It's him, the son of God, God with us. The king, the death and resurrection. And when they thought about what will God do with his enemies, what is the future The New Testament Christians were absolutely firm. God will put all his enemies under his feet. God will not let evil have the last say. And the call was Jesus is the way, so make peace with God. So this morning, two things, one really personal and one really general. On a personal level, the personal thing I want to say is this. If you've not made peace with God, make peace with God through Jesus. Don't just hang around the fringe. It's like, he's the only way. This is the only way to make sense of the life that we live. So bow before him. Surrender to him. Make peace with God in Christ, for he has made peace with you through Christ. God's not angry with you, for the cross dealt with it. Now you accept it. And if you've not accepted it, then do it. Just do it. Make peace. And the general thing, Today's the day to pray. Today's the day to pray for those in authority. Today's the day to pray for our country. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Today's the day to pray for the media. Because the media could make this better, or some of the media could make it worse. And the worse will be if we divide as a nation, we all fall out. The worse will be if some people go, what we really need are some strong leaders who will lead us down a pathway that we would not want to go. What do we pray for a prime minister who, let's be honest, would any of you want a job? Whatever you think about the issue, I don't know how she keeps getting up in the morning, to be honest. How do we pray for parliament? who have to make some decisions. They cannot 
not. I mean, well, who knows? Maybe they can. <laughs> I was going to say they can. Maybe they can't not. They can't not make a decision. Maybe they can not make a decision. <laughs> but we don't. We want them to make a decision. We want them to rule well. We want them to rule godly. We want. We want the will of God. So will you pray? And some of you, for some of us, not you, me, us together, sometimes we go, do you know what? That's fine, but you don't know my problems. Well, maybe today is a day where we go, regardless of what your problem is, this is what we need to do. So we're going to pray together. We're actually going to do it. We're going to just allow some time as a congregation to begin to pray for our country. And uh, I know what could happen at this point. We could all bow our heads and it could become like a Quaker meeting where nobody speaks. But actually this is a moment where we just need to actually pray out some stuff. You're not praying out political policy to inform God about Brexit as though he doesn't know about it. What we're doing is we're praying that in the midst of this, God might move. I'm going to ask you if you can to stand, that we stand and pray. And uh, if you're part of the band, come back, because what we'll do is if there's a lull, we'll sing and then we'll pray again. You don't get off the hook, all right? So once you hear a song, don't think, oh, well, thank goodness that's all over. It's only an interlude. But we're going to pray. So I'm going to invite some of you just to begin to pray for our country today, for those in authority today, that they will know God, that they would know Jesus, that they would know the kingdom, that they would, ro- um, they would, they would rule with righteousness, that they would do the right thing, that they would know what the right thing is, that they'd have wisdom. I want to pray for a media that they would be responsible and not stir up uh, tension. We want to pray for the hotheads who would want tension on all sides because actually chaos allows for other people to come to the fore. We want to pray for peace. We want to pray. I'd love us to pray for Ireland and Northern Ireland. Because that is a a tricky area of this whole debate. And nobody wants to go back to the days of 20 years ago. So can we pray for that? Can we pray for the politicians who do know Jesus? That they might be um, agents of wisdom there. Can we pray for God to do something creative? that we can't imagine that God might do more than we can imagine in this context I'm going to um, I'm going to ask you as you pray if you can uh, do that sort of weird thing of just putting your hand up to let us know because I'll give you a microphone so we can all hear so we don't get the mumble alright they don't have to be long but let's pray one after another Who's going to start us off? Do I see a hand? Brilliant. 
In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this nation. The Bible says you rule in the affairs of men. We ask in a time like this, your purposes, your counsel will be achieved. We declare that mm -hmm. you will move upon the leaders. Yeah. You will touch their hearts. Yeah. The Bible says that the hearts of kings are in your hands. You work out the counsel of your will. We ask that will happen, Lord. Through the chaos, through the confusion, the lies, the deceit, the anger, the bitterness, your purpose, your kingdom will be established, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Because at the end of your name, at the end of the day, your name and your name alone will be glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. 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 Someone else. says that the heart of the king is like a watercourse in your hand that you can direct it in any way that you choose and father we pray that at this time of fear and insecurity that you would drive us together and not drive us apart father we pray that our government that you would cause everything that is good to rise up in our politicians we pray father that their integrity and their protectiveness over their constituents would just rise to the surface. Every good thing would prosper. And we pray, Father, that you would just weave that three-strand cord between our governors, those people that are making decisions over us. We pray, Father, that you would weave them together and make them stronger together than they can ever be separately. We pray, Father, that you would find common ground when none is to be found. Thank you, Father, that you bring peace. Not something weak or fragile, but something that lasts. Something that is informed by your wisdom and your grace. We pray, Father, that they would hear your voice loudly, confidently, clearly. We pray that every influence that comes from you would just be strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we would admit that these things are too great for us. We want to know the truth, but the truth seems to be hidden by so many different versions of the truth. And so we would pray that you would work in this. Father, we would also be aware that there are powers and principalities. There is evil in high places who delight in chaos, who delight in hatred. But Father, we would pray that you would bind them. We do not believe you're a God of chaos, you're a God of order, a God of truth, a God of equity, a God of justice. Father, we see so little of it in our land. We would pray that you would come down upon our politicians, these ordinary men and women, in a very special way because we'd ask it in his name. Amen. Father God, we would just pray. You have raised people 
in times such as these. And Father, those who are yours, who have authority in government, Father, we pray for those who belong to you, that they will seek your face, that they will seek your words in these times, that they will use the authority that you have given them to speak your words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. going to respond and then we will come back to some more prayers I'm going to respond with the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray
pray that your will be done, that your kingdom will come. Your will be done in the Houses of Parliament. Your, house, your will be done in Northern Ireland and Ireland. Lord, we pray for that country, that country that has seen so much pain and trouble. Uh, we pray for um, the DUP. Uh, we pray for Sinn Féin. Uh, we pray for those people who are on opposite sides of political views. We pray for the re-establishment of Stormont, Lord, and the, the problems that that country is having with the closure of that um, parliament there. We pray for peace, and we pray for a continued peace, Lord. We pray against any paramilitary groups that would seek to use these opportunities to become strong again. And we pray for your peace. Your kingdom will come. Uh, your kingdom will come in towns and cities all over this country, Lord. And uh, no matter what people voted for, Lord, it's your will. You establish the nation. And we're praying, Lord, that uh, out of chaos, that you'll bring order and peace. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Let's pray for people who are working in companies who are downsizing or moving production and so people who are working for Jaguar and others who are losing their jobs. Let's pray for the ordinary folks who get caught up in the midst of this. Let's hear some more of you pray. Who wants to pray? Father, as Neil says, we do remember the people that are caught up in the crossfire between political parties and leaders and political ambition and all that. Father God, we ask that you would stand with these families, that you would give them peace and that you would give them hope and that you would give them assurance. Father, that they're not alone, that they don't stand on their own, Father God. We pray for right up and down this country, wherever heartache is being caused through this or families torn apart or any uncertainty, Lord, that you would just stand with those people. Yeah. That peace would come to those households, Father, and that there would be a hope and there would be a future. Father, we know that you can make a way where there really doesn't seem a way, mm. Father, and that's what we need. Mm. We ask that you would make a way far beyond what wisdom of, of men, far beyond whatever we can hope or dream, mm. but simply your will be done. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody else? Father, I just want to lift up those people in America who are being employed and doing their jobs and not being paid. Father, we just pray that you would honour their bank accounts, that you would uh, bring back uh, more than has been taken away. Thank you, Father, that they um, are working with integrity. And I pray, Father, that you would uh, create a way out of this deadlock. I pray, Father, that you would, in their government, in American government, and here as well, Father, that you would just reveal that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, that the small stuff, the small stuff, the small stuff needs to be put to one side to address the larger concerns. Father, we pray that you would just find a way forward. The right words, words of reconciliation, word, not words of politics or advancing one cause above another, 
but the advancement of the good of your people. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus, we, we lift up the people who make the decisions of these little companies about what cuts to make and who it will affect. And Lord, we ask that they would do this fairly and justly and that they wouldn't be doing it out of fear to put themselves first, but that they would be looking um, at what is right. And Lord, that you would bless them making the right decisions um, across what they have to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take a moment or two. Thanks for all of you that have prayed on behalf of us all. It's really helpful to hear other people's expression that we can then go, yeah, that's it. That's what I'd want to say. But this is a chance for us all to pray. We're just going to, while Ian just sort of plays in the background, just give some space for you where you are to either in your mind pray or to speak it out. For some, for some of us, it's easy to speak it out because then you know you're not just sort of, it's kind of like, <laughs> it makes sure you're not just sort of, it, it means you're praying intelligently, you know? It's not just rubbish. Because you have to hear yourself say it. But there comes a time when um, it's difficult to know what to do. And um, in Romans 8, Paul says, the whole earth is kind of fractured. His world was fractured. And he said, when you get like that and you don't know what to pray, then actually the Spirit, let the Spirit pray from within you. And I think that includes the, the gift of tongues. I think that is where that involves. That idea that from deep within you, from your own compassion, from your own concern, from your own um, uncertainty, the opportunity just to pray out and say, oh God, would you do a work in our in our nation so why don't we do that for a moment or two just where you are nobody else is particularly listening to you but it's a chance for you to speak to God to actually begin to just cry out and to 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 speak out your own prayers about the situation that our nation faces today and uh, in these next days and weeks and months you might know people who are affected by it directly you want to pray for them by name just pray just again to bring them before the Father you might not know what to say just if you can speak in tongues then just use your, the gift of tongues just speak it out it's between you and your Father it's that private prayer language <clears throat> just take your time to pray it out
You're people who have lived through um, significant changes. Some of you are old enough to remember when the nation was called to pray and uh, things like um, the, the, the Second World War changed, uh, changed shape and, and it had a different outcome. Some of you are old enough to remember when we prayed about apartheid in South Africa and it changed. Some of you prayed about communism and it changed. You prayed about the Iron Curtain and the curtain fell and new nations were created. Some of you have prayed about some of the ongoing horror stories in Congo. You've seen things change. You've seen God do stuff, we would want to say in response to prayer, that have been creative and new. The Christians who prayed for many years for peace in Northern Ireland. And then an agreement was signed. God, would you do something new and creative today? Lord, we're old enough to have lived through some of this stuff and it's easy to take it for granted. But Lord, would you do not just, <clears throat> would you not just sort of help us to sort of scrape by, but would you do something creative and new amongst us that we cannot begin to imagine? Would you do more than we dare ask? Lord, I pray it would be a turning point for our country, that the turning point would be a turning point to you. Yes. Father God, I pray that um, you do a work of grace in our governments over this next week and weeks and months. We do echo all the prayers that have been prayed already and we ask for unity and for justice and for mercy and for grace and most of all for wisdom. And Lord, if some of us are dealing with it because we're, we're wrapped up in it for ourselves, Lord, give us wisdom in the midst of it to know how to respond to it. Lord, we offer you our country at this moment and those who lead it. We pray for righteous leaders. We pray for wise leaders. We pray for people of integrity. And we pray that you would lead them in righteousness. Lord, we ask all this in your name. 